This is ATH Life Factors, and I am Adrian. Welcome to episode two and the story of the little girl. Now, after completing episode one, I decided to name this series of this story A Cry for the Little Children. I wanted to name it that because our little boys and our little girls experience some type of sexual abuse on a daily basis and we need to be more intentional in the attempt to decrease this abuse among our children. So every day a little kid is experiencing some something sexually and we need to make sure we're caring for our kids and we're paying more attention to our kids. So if you haven't watched episode one, I want you to stop this episode right now. Go back to episode one, take a listen, and then come back to this episode. So episode one ended with the little girl staying the night at a coach's house so she could attend a college basketball game out of town with her relatives the next day. And she was awakened by the coach getting into her bed and experiencing an unfamiliar touch. So this moment was not only unfamiliar to the little girl, it was scary. So many thoughts were running through her mind at this time, like why was the coach in the bed with her? Why is the coach touching her? She thought, I'm a female. She also thought, coach is a female. And in addition, she thought, her mom said that sex leads to having babies and wondered, am am I going to have a baby? Then she thought, I never had, I've never had sex. And And also thought, I don't even, know how to have sex. She thought she'd never seen a penis before. And then also that this is her coach and this is gross, it feels gross. What is happening? So the little girl thought maybe if she ignored it and go back to sleep, that it would go away and morning would come fast. So she remained still And then to her surprise, but excitement, with excitement, it went away. So the little girl looked and and thought, even though as she looked, you know, she had to hit her head under the covers, but she thought, you know, is it over? What is this? Is it gonna happen again? So she was nervous and she nervously fell back to sleep after some time. But unfortunately, the sleep was short-lived as the touch came back. The little girl was scared, of course. She was confused, so she just lay still with her eyes closed as if she was still asleep. She figured if she asleep or the coach thought she was asleep that she would stop but the coach continued her advances and she moved the little girl's body parts as she desired 
The little girl never moved. She just lay still as tears began to roll down her face. And her thought was, when will morning come? Because the morning was taking forever to come. So the next day, the coach awakened first, then she awakened the little girl. The little girl noticed how happy, energetic the coach was, which seemed to be so much different than coach was in practice. So the coach told the little girl that she got up, told her to get dressed, to meet her downstairs so they could eat breakfast. And before leaving the room, coach looked back and said, oh yeah, we can keep what happened last night between us. So the remainder of the weekend went by in an awkward manner and all the little girl could think was that she wanted her mama. She knew mama could always make you feel better. But she thought, can I tell mama? Should I tell mama? Will I get in trouble? Because she remembered mama telling her to be on her best behavior and to do as she was told. So the following Monday in school, the little girl did all she could to act normal. When she was crying inside because she was not sure of what she did to cause the excitement about going to a basketball game, she couldn't figure out how that excitement turned into sadness. She kept thinking to herself, what happened? And what was it? Was it sex? And she thought, I don't know if it was sex, but I didn't like it at all, she said. She thought, mom told me to never have sex until I was married. Because her mom introduced her God. She introduced her to the Bible and she knew what the Bible said. The Bible said no sex before marriage. Mom preached no sex before marriage. No babies before marriage. So she continued to think, why did this happen? Does coach not like me anymore? She said. Then she also thought, you know, would I, would I get in trouble? Would she still be able to play basketball? So all these questions she asked herself all day. And it made her different, different from her normal jovial self. And her classmates attempted to figure out what was wrong all day because they were, they were used to her making them laugh, making them smile, telling jokes during class. But she, was, she wasn't doing this, that joking this day. When she went to practice, practice wasn't good either because she couldn't focus. She made so many mistakes and her mistakes caused her team to have to run what was called suicides. Suicides were what they had to do when, when they didn't practice correct, when they didn't follow instructions in practice or when, 
when they just couldn't get it right, they would have to run suicides. So this practice led to suicides. So after practice, coach told the little girl she would give her a ride home. The little girl immediately got sad because she didn't want to ride. And when she got in the coach's car, she figured if she closed her eyes as if she was asleep, she wouldn't have to talk because she didn't want to talk. She closed her eyes and before long she noticed the ride was taking longer than normal because she just lived down the street. And then when she opened her eyes, she noticed they were parked in a dark circle. They were parked in an area that wasn't well lit at all. So she proceeded to look around to see if she could see anything familiar. And she noticed this building and figured they were parked in what looked like to be Grant Park. But because it was so dark, she was scared. Coach started talking. She became more uncomfortable because she didn't want to talk. She dreaded talking to the coach because she didn't know what to say. She didn't know what the coach was going to say. So coach began by asking her if, he, if she enjoyed the other night. So she thought to herself, is she talking about the other night in her house? Because that was horrible. She thought, I don't even know what that was. That was like one of the worst nights she'd ever had. So she didn't answer. Like I said, because she didn't know what to say. So coach asked her again. So she stayed with her head down. I don't know. Then coach proceeded by stating, well, you know, you started it. The little girl looking confused, she says, what do you mean, coach? So coach states, you touched me first. Then the little girl says, I touched you? Again, coach says, yes. So the little girl got quiet again, start feeling fear again, confusion again. So all the thoughts were going through her mind about her mom, how she didn't know if she could talk to her mom. Her mom would be hurt. What would her mom say? What would her mom do? She also recalled how scared and confused she was that night. So at the same time, the little girl was attempting to process the information at her age. Remember, she was only in eighth grade at this time. The coach proceeds to touch her again. So now on top of being accused, 
of touching the coach first that dreadful night. She was now wondering, but why is she being touched again? Because she hadn't touched the coach. Rather, the coach started to touch her now. So at this point, or this moment in the story, we should think about the word manipulation. Because it's as if the coach is very aware of the little girl's emotions. She's very aware of what she's going through mentally. She's aware of the naivety. She's aware of the confusion. She's aware that even though the little girl is certain she didn't touch her first, she has now made her question whether she did or not. So the coach got exactly what she wanted out of this moment. She manipulated, confused, fumbled, and frightened the little girl even the more. The little girl knew that this park would never be the same to her. So throughout the remainder of the eighth grade, the coach frequently took the little girl to the park where they would be tucked away in the dark area. Sometimes people would walk by and the little girl would desperately hope the sight of people would end the experience, but coach would wait for the people to disappear, then continue her desires. Basketball, the sport the little girl loved, grew into the sport the little girl never wanted to play again on an organized team. The ninth, the tenth, and the eleventh grade the experiences with the coach and the little girl were filled with bad moments, bad memorable moments. The coach became bolder with her approach and desires to get the little girl alone and all to herself. She began picking the little girl up on the weekends to spend the day buying her things and taking her out to eat. The little girl remembered coach would often ask her if her siblings would be mad that he, she had something new. Meaning all the gifts that she would buy or if they would be upset that she ate out of a restaurant. She knew the little girl's mom couldn't afford frequent dinners out with all of her kids. And the coach even started to make the little girl go to church with her on Sundays. And if the coach didn't pick her up, she would ask her sister to pick her up because she, because the sister lived closer to the little girl's home. The little girl remembers uh, one moment where the coach's sister picked her up for church one Sunday and the little girl was sick. The coach still ordered her to come to church so she can go to her house with her after church. So while the coach and her family was at church, the little girl stayed at the coach's mom's house because mom's house was right down the street from the church. And when they got out of church, they would just walk back up the street to the mom's house. 
So it's awkward because the entire time the little girl was there, she came over there to go to church. But she ended up staying at Coach's mom's house and lying down on her couch because she didn't feel good. So it's awkward because she could tell Coach's family was wondering, well, you know, why did you come here if you aren't going to church? And she kind of heard them asking questions regarding that matter. But she couldn't make out everything they were saying. But the funny thing is that the little girl wondered the same thing. Though she knew the answer was because that's what the coach wanted. She still wondered the same thing. So at the church, the coach and the little girl would go to coach's home. Coach's roommate would make dinner for them. Then the coach and the little girl would go to the coach's area of the house, which was upstairs. Oh yeah. I know I just threw that in there, but yes, coach had a roommate. And the roommate will be discussed in a different podcast episode of this story. On the little girl's 16th birthday, she remembers the coach buying all these gifts. And she stated it was a milestone birthday. You should get special things on milestone birthdays. And to the little girl, it almost seemed as if the coach was attempting to compete with with her family on her big day as the coach was curious as to what the family would get her in gifts and what she would do, what the family would do for her on her special day. She remembered the coach asking her what her family bought her for her birthday. But the coach didn't realize that the love the little girl got from her mom and her siblings was what she appreciated. She understood what her mom had the ability to buy for her and what she wasn't able to buy for her. And she was okay. She was satisfied. She knew her mom loved her. Even if she just got cake and ice cream and they celebrated. She loved it. Because they celebrated in their own way. So in addition to the increasing home visits, Coach continued to get her the little girl excused from her classes so the little girl could spend more time with her in school. The little girl was uncomfortable because the other kids noticed how much she was out of class as they would often ask her if she was coming to their class today, which is where she really should have been. Everyone knew she was spending a lot of time with the coach, which really did not attract them to hanging around her as they did previously because most of them didn't like the coach. She often shared the concern 
for her friends with the coach, but coach would dismiss it by stating, by stating the people she thought were her friends were really not her friends. Coach told the little girl who her friends were and whom she should hang around. And this became common practice with the coach because if she could control who the little girl was friends with, it would make it easier to continue to control her thoughts and make her need her more. The little girl had her friends whom she played basketball with, but she thought they would not think anything was wrong or believe her if she told them about what was happening because they were always trying to get in good graces with the coach anyway. The coaches had changed and had, as far as basketball was concerned, sometimes showing favoritism, sometimes harsher with discipline on the little girl than on the other players. She remembers at an away game once, uh, one of the few games they lost, the coach was upset. And after the game, as they were walking towards the locker room, the coach was yelling, she was fussing about the game. The little girl didn't look back at her. And she was fussing and she was yelling. And then all of a sudden, the coach threw the basketball and hit her in the back of the head. Took everything within the little girl not to turn around or to react because even at that moment, though it was significant and everybody could see, she still wanted to remain normal. She still wanted it to be normal. She didn't want to react. She didn't want to make a big scene. She thought that would cause problems, as if nobody saw it, though. That's what she wanted. So no teammate said anything. So, of course, she continued to follow suit. The little girl was hurt, but she couldn't say anything. Again, she thought she could not wait to graduate and I have to play this organized basketball for another coach. So to summarize this episode, the little girl's molestation continued. Experiences with the coach worsened. Coach started to control her friends, whom she was around, whom she interacted with which made her friends stray from her. And ultimately her love for basketball diminishes. The experiences our, our children have are unbelievable. And we need to make sure we understand that the manipulation of minds can lead to some of the worst experiences. This is ATH Life Factors. Join me next time for episode three of Cry for the Little Children.